Barf, bark, bark, we're the pup pack. That's how we're going to do it. Yeah, that's it. That's not bad. We're an on the fly thing. That's not bad. That's that's what we are. That's who we are. I, well, I'm Marcy. I'm Oscar. I'm Jess. Certified new girl. Certified. (laughs) Now, if, now the thing is, I've got that in my back pocket whenever um, Pam actually does get that new girl podcast going. Always can stand in as the potential guest host as a certified new girl also named jess so that's right there you get your podcast reps in this is actually all just to get you ready for the new girl podcast absolutely this is your developmental this is my nxt also i'm i wasn't gonna talk about it but i have to now that you brought it up why the hell is sean spears on my come tuesdays (laughs) That's the, the chairman. The chairman. Is that is that not is that not based to you? This is Sean, Sean Spears in NXT. No, I don't want Yawn Spears in my Come Tuesday NXT. Depends on what's a real damn part Come Tuesday, huh? Come Tuesday. Oscar doesn't know about Have you not seen that? Listen, no. there's a lot of things I got introduced to through this match and through this podcast, so... Oscar's so out of the loop, but that's why he's an essential part of this podcast. Where am I? I totally forget whose son Von Wagner is. I think he's a Beverly brother. I don't know. He's some guy on TV. The NXT's television, right? Yeah, that's on USA now. Yeah. Is it going to be on the CW? Do you think they'll get more Supernatural stuff, like in Riverdale? Uh, I've seen Supernatural on NXT. I don't think we want to have that anymore. But what if... Isn't doesn't Riverdale also like sexy? Could be like, what if it be just what if NXT just becomes a teen drama, like a literal teen drama? It's the American. It becomes the wrestling American Degrassi. That is fucking horrible. Actually, no, I like the sound of that. They do a pregnancy angle. Oh my god! Someone can get shot in the NXT parking lot. <laughs> yes, that's the only thing that hasn't happened in that parking lot. <laughs> oh my god. Someone actually gets paralyzed. I know, like, it's wrestling, so it doesn't have seasons, but that's like a season finale. Someone gets shot in the parking lot, Mr. Burton style. Yeah. So I did check, and he is a Beverly Brothers kid, which is awesome. One time, one time, he's got to do the Shaker Heights spike. One time. I, I might also be on one. I, I lost my job, everyone. Oh, shit. I was not expecting that when we, uh, I woke up this morning. I thought we were just going to do a nice little fun podcast, and that was going to be the height of my day. Yeah, nice little fun gay time, and well. But instead, I left telling Target to, quote, suck my dick. Some some have told me it was pretty based. That is pretty pretty awesome. So, you know, I I, I take it. But anyways, hey, I have a cash app and a Venmo. Let me be a little, uh, little, uh, what's the word here? Beggary? I don't know. Homeless. Home? No, not homeless. But um, keep. But please help me keep from being homeless. Cash at Mars Femeline, M A R C E 
F-E-M-I-L-I-N-E, or Venmo, E-Girl Femboy, if you'd like to be so kind. It was recently my birthday as well, so help a girl not be so homeless, just in case. Ha ha. Hi. So yeah. If anyone follows wrestling, you know about being featured endeavored, so help a girl out. I don't, yes. Target feature endeavored me. They did not wish me well in the best of my future endeavors, though. It's like, this is like when fucking Milhouse's dad got let go from the fact, the cracker factory. <laughs> oh, God. They did He's so sad. They're not that bad. They certainly did not tell me good luck. I don't, I either, I also don't have a race car bed. I was about to say, did you get a race car bed just in your time of depression at this point? No, I'll just, I, it's, it's, there's not enough room in the race car bed. It's, no, it's always, fair. it's always, it's always a one person race car. That's, I don't, that's not how I roll. That's true. They don't know why they make bigger race car beds. They know. They know if you're the person buying a race car bed. <laughs> if you're buying your, a race car bed, you're living your life a quarter mile at a time. And well, that's a, uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that one. I was, it was supposed to get to a, uh, quick finish, but. Obviously, it took too long. It stalled out. Stalled out just a little bit. Stalled out. Stalled out. So hopefully, hopefully everyone else is having a much better week than I am. This is all right. I got to look for a place to live. I'm about to get kicked out of our place soon. You're also going to be homeless. Oh, great. Yes. Yes. Half of this podcast might not have a house. Yes. I'm saving up money so that I can move out and not be homeless. So that's that's what I'm doing. You are in. You are thankfully out of all of us in the best position. Yes, by default. <laughs> by default, yes. What have I even done in the last week? Oh, yeah. For some reason, I decided I wanted to uh, train for a mar- half marathon. So that's going. Yeah, what inspired this? I don't know. I started running one day, and as much as I hate the movie, I, I like may have force gumped myself. And I made a post. I was like, hey, for some reason, I ran four miles. And then someone was like, well, are you training for a race or anything? And I was like, no. And they're like, well, the Cleveland Half Marathon is in May. You should do it. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. And then I saw that it was May 19. And I just having a May 19 bit and having just sort of panic attacks every time someone says May 19, just tickled my wrestling brain and so i was like well i gotta do it now so this is and so we're two weeks into training for it this is for the lulls for the lulls i respect it i gave myself a benchmark time and if i make that time i will commit to doing something else i like keeping mysterious i kind of i kind of know you you do we might have talked about this a little bit but keep it mysterious for everyone else Oscar, are you so you you're Lord also drops. Lord drops. You're also about to become homeless. What's going on with that? No, we're just about to they're selling the house that we were renting. So now we gotta find another place to live. We've been trying to find a bunch of places, but it's just been fucking hard out here. And everything is so expensive out here, man. Like it's it's kinda fucked. I can't imagine New York is like stupidly expensive. I, I I got asked. So so, how much are you sp- paying for your space? And if you're comfortable with saying that, uh, I pay two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my god! I lucked out. I have a very low rent, thankfully. 
I also live in a very, very, very old apartment. <laughs> I, I do remember your space. Can't it is, uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's a little bit run down, but still, we have the um, we have the twisty knob fuses. Yeah, those those things, those little those the, little the, deals. The, the twisty knob fuses. Yeah, they're like little light bulbs, basically. Little oh. fuses. Yeah, yeah. That's how old my apartment is. I oh, love it. Goodness. I wouldn't abandon it for the world. God, are you sure it wasn't an abandoned place and you just kind of like waltzed in there and just started just paying somebody? I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, I'm not entirely sure. Not to dox it too much, but, you know, it is behind a local government um, partisan party office, so it can't be that old. And the bar. And a bar. And, and a bar. Now that I've accidentally doxxed myself. No, no one can pinpoint things like that. You also have a... Oscar, stop, stop. I, I was going to try and say some false things. <laughs> people, like, you have a spaghetti store by your place, too. Oh, I love the spaghetti store. Spaghetti, spaghetti Emporium. Spot spot. The Spaghetti Emporium, yes, that's it. it that place is awesome. It's a real place. I was about to say some uh, foodie account um, was doing a promo post about that spaghetti emporium across the street. Yes, all of this can be verified, but don't try and verify it. It's already so off the rails. The review hasn't even started. No, the review has not started. This has just been trying to recap the week. It's just been it's, it's been a rough week, I, I, I assume, for at least the two of us. It's it's certainly turned me off a little bit. Um, I I want I picked a nice show, so it was like I wanted something light. I mean, the show was still nice. The show did kind of make me feel better. So yeah, we are. We're reviewing. Okay. Oh, go on. No, you can go ahead and say it. What I was gonna say makes more sense within the context of knowing what the show was called, even though people clicked on the title of it, even though the title is probably gonna be something like. Come to, there's more to come. Sorry, butters. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies for come. Um, no apologies. We are reviewing Effie's Big Gay Brunch 8 uh, through GCW. They seem to do these, you know, WrestleMania. Now I guess Royal Rumble weekends. I think the one thing that I will say is I do like it being more of a WrestleMania staple. I feel like it's it might be getting to the point where there might be always want to see more talent, but I feel like the big gay brunch brand hasn't quite grown with it as much, That's but it's fair. getting there. I feel like maybe all, I don't know if they've always, if they're always doing rumbles, uh, but maybe this one just specifically being in Florida and everything going on for this one was done to prove a point. Yes. So in that regard, I respect it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, this was from uh, Tampa, Florida. God, I don't have to do so much editing with this one. I'm really... Dalton, <laughs> Dalton really brings something to these, but he's unfortunately... Uh, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. He's currently being chased down by Nintendo's lawyers. Yeah, he might not be back for a while, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he has to be in hiding for just a little bit. It's a real fugitive yeah. scenario. <laughs> he's waiting for his... Uh... Mario to come uh, 
reach him and uh, take him from uh, Bowser's castle, so to speak. Um, and then just get into like critiques of the show. I'm, I'm trying to be professional reviewer here. Are we? I, I'm a little bit, uh, especially a show like this, which is a little more closer closer to my heart. Um, something I would like to see. It's a really simple thing. I think a lot of companies should just do this in general. Hey, when you have graphics for your like your talent, uh, for the entrances, I would I think there should be pronouns. Pronouns, pal. It's a it's a really easy thing. I don't want to single this this show out, but like just in general. I mean, we are spoiled, me and you, Marcy, with Enjoy. Enjoy does a good job about putting from what I remember, even though most of the time I'm watching it in person, which Marcy and I we will be going to that one next week. Yeah, March 9th. I'm excited. Enjoy's gonna be a good time. Uh but yeah, no, that's a really simple thing. I wish more companies in general, uh, especially for this show, which is, you know, the LGBT show. Uh but yeah, we start off with our first match, uh Keita Murray versus Noah Vale. Uh, I adore Noah Vale. They're they're awesome. They rock. Uh, from their look to their wrestling. The one thing I do enjoy about these shows is you do get a chance to see some talent that doesn't usually get a chance to be on shows. Uh, and in that regard, I think no avail for me is the one that kind of is the takeaway from like, yeah, they should be booked in more places. Uh, a lot of these other wrestlers, were they just local Florida talent? Is that what it is? I, for, on this, I think on this show in particular, from, because I'm going down the line, there was a lot of Florida, but there's also a decent amount of non-Florida talent as well. Okay. And I believe um, Noah Vale is a champion for the one of the local Florida promotions there, and they came yes. out with the belt. So that was nice to see. But yeah, I would, like I said, if there's one takeaway from the show is I want to see more Noah Vale everywhere. They rocked. Also, that look with the half lipstick with the blue. Oh, sick. It's so sick. Uh, but yeah, this is just a generally nice, like, fast-paced match. There's a few few cool spots. There's a, always a fan of a good pile driver. Uh, Keita Murray pulled out a really nice pile driver. And then just, yeah, a lot of the kicks that, like, Noah threw looked really good and smooth. I really liked the um, guillotine choke into the ropes that turned into a uh running drop kick or uh from the uh floor to the apron drop kick yes that no avail f- pulled out that was pretty nice uh in the end though akita murray gets the win with a cutter and then we move on to uh a team i'm familiar with me and jess are familiar with from enjoy uh as the runway took on the creeps which is also the first time i'm seeing the creeps i Jess, have you seen anything from them before? I have not seen anything from these creeps, but I have seen plenty of creeps in my day. I mean, we've all we've all experienced. But some I do creeps enjoy these life. creeps. I like these creeps, though. These are the good kind of creeps. These, I I really dug their vibe. They kind of came out dressed like the McPoyles from It's Always Sunny, and then like yes. they just come in with this energy and like not for nothing. I love how. Uh, I believe their name was uh, Andy Andy Ripley. They were like the muscle pretty right. much behind the team. And, and it was really cool seeing all of that. Yeah. And like I said, a big fans of the runway. They are just always very extra. Uh, even just little moments 
I'm like, I think it was Tyler Klein did one move, and then um, Calvin. Yeah, um, so you know, when the like Tyler did a move, and then Calvin just like pops up in the corner of the screen. They definitely were doing very well about working as a tag team, making everything flow with their cutoffs. And one of the critiques that I have for the show overall is the commentary is very isn't the best all across the board. Um, no. In this match in particular, um, one of the com- none of the commentators um, knew Calvin or Tyler apart when, you know, even though they are a tag team and they do have the matching gear, their initials are on their knee pads. And so that's just a professional sort of deal, especially with like we were saying with Big A Brunch, this is the opportunity to promote and show to the national audience um, queer wrestlers from people that could be local to them and not getting their names out there and calling being able to benefit from the fact that Calvin and Tyler were so cohesive as a tag team unit and leaning on the runway with the cutoffs um, is, you know, a little bit of a disservice to them, but, you know, their work speaks for itself. And how did you feel about the general like rotating commentary? Because it was because for the most part, it was a lot of it was wrestlers they had because Nick Cage was one. Uh, Masha Slamovich was the one. She was the one during the specific match in the next match. Um, and then I think we had Alec Price for a few matches as well. Yes, we did. Um, but yeah, our the standing commentator and wasn't able to pull their name. But from... Um, their commentary throughout the show, the levels were inconsistent to a lot of points where it was hidden so much, just sheer volume-wise. Um, and it also didn't help that most of it was just aping quotes from any and every uh, wrestling commentary booth of the last 20 years. I'd say 30, maybe even 40. Nick Gage was all about it, though. Bless his heart. Well, Oh, absolutely. I a lot of the quotes because I I thought a lot of the commentary is kind of boring. I tuned out from a lot of it to be honest, and just paid attention to the matches. But when Nick Gage just said something like, or Nick Gage is getting referenced, I believe in the first match, I just heard, "All right, Nick, are you ready to get really fucking gay?" <laughs> and Nick Gage was just all about it. A true ally. I actually have that quote. Um, I don't know what that means, but I'm ready to be gay. <laughs> and Nick Gage is a real one for that. Yes. No, Nick Gage really like got into it for that. So I I appreciate it. But they like other than that though, the rest of the commentary is just kinda like whatever. I really didn't think anything of it. Like I said, a lot of it was kind of boring. Uh yeah, I think I don't know who I'd have on, but maybe we just put more person to as like a regular commentator to bounce off of helps a lot, I think. I don't know who you would have gotten at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Would have been a busy, busy booth with it would potentially be getting up to four people on the commentary booth. So that would be quite a bit. Yeah, I think at that point you'd have to limit it to only only one wrestler would be on with them. But yeah, maybe having a two regular commentators, maybe one wrestler might have helped the flow of commentary a little bit. Uh, but yeah, this is another fun match. Like I said, runway being extra. Uh, this ended with their asses out getting rolled up. 
by the Creed. Yeah, ultimate disrespect. Like their asses were just out and they just got rolled up. Well, if they're willing to commit every bit and like literally asses out. Asses out. They they just oof. Ultimate disrespect. But respect. I really wanted to creep from the too. best. I like them. Aren't we pulling from the best? Taguchi. Taguchi six nine. Taguchi, uh really go further back, Chris Candido, because that was like a Chris Candido classic. We might we might have to watch an old IWA Mid South show because like when he was in the, like I mean he did that everywhere but that was like even after he passed like there's so many wrestlers CM Punk included doing fucking ass out spots and honor Chris Candido. Number one rule of wrestling: you can't boo ass. You can never boo ass. People love an ass. <laughs> you can't boo ass. <laughs> uh, followed by our next match, I was Jay Vidal taking on Rico Gonzalez. Uh, my first quote is just Twinks Rock. Twinks Rock. <laughs> oh man, this is this is probably my my favorite match of of the show. Well, one, at least the top three favorite matches of the show. You could really tell that um, Rico Gonzalez, especially, is a TV talent. Knows how to make it work. Knows how to show put his moves towards the whole crowd and everyone at home. Because um, I believe that it was mentioned that both of them are mainstays, not mainstays, but they are frequent attendees of now TNA. Oh, really? So you cool. were definitely seeing it in this match. I believe so. I know they said also, Jay Vidal was, TNA, so. yeah, I mean, you know, I'm happy it's back, but I, I'm still, I don't have time to watch it. That's where I'm at with TNA. I've I've seen a few match uh, stuff with, uh, that Rico's done because you know he's been on a few of like the shows we reviewed for IW Guy. And I don't know, I don't have much to say, but like so this is a really fun match. This is like a, this is more of one like a faster paced style match. I mean, honestly, this this helped pick it up a little bit because the first two matches were all right, but they were a little bit slow for me. But then this one just kind of like off the ante a little bit, and this is kind of where I think there's it starts kind of the rising action of of the whole show. That like I, I just I just love Rico this entire goddamn fucking match. Like spinning heel kick right to the face was a straight crowd killer move. That shit was sick. <laughs> he has a double stomp too onto the apron. It was fucking gnarly. Yeah, and then also just a, a what was it? A, a, he did some kind of like brain breaker into a sit up power bomb. Like I don't know what the fuck he did. Like some was weird the, fucking move. like the styles. Cl- it was like a styles clash, but then he turned it into like a power bomb. Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck it was, and I'm like, it fucking blew my mind. I I was like, that's fucking awesome. And like uh, a lot of these uh, matches, a lot of people are just trying different things, which I actually like seeing. Like they were just trying to tweak these moves and just kind of make it their own, which is just, I I don't know. I really like that. And fucking Rico killed it. I really glad that he fucking won with this crazy. was like a goddamn like hurricanrana reversal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The finish, yeah, because he's about to get powerbombed by J.A. And he reverses it into hurricanrana. Insane. Fucking insane. Yeah, that was that was sick. It was. Which leads us into our gay scramble match. Oh, uh, yes. The gay scramble. What's the difference between a regular scramble and a gay scramble? We still can't tell you. Yeah, why Why is no one answering this? <laughs> we won't, Oscar. Nick didn't get a response. I'm not getting a response. It's a need-to-know basis, and as a straight, you don't need to know. Very well. <laughs> Some things just aren't for you. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just I'll just go by your wisdom on that one. 
until you and Dalton sleep together like we agreed upon. What? That's not a thing. Who agreed about that? Dalton did. He already agreed to it. Dalton. (laughs) He has such, like, border collie energy. What do you think we're doing in Dalton's hotel room, Rager Weekend? Oh, my God. I like how we're doing this all while he's not here to actually defend himself. <laughs> no, because you know he's just going to come and be like, no, no, all of this is correct. Oh. I, did agree to, <laughs> I, I did agree to this. <laughs> I did agree to this. No. He'll show the text. <laughs> Doesn't be like, oh, are we doing this? We're really doing this? Hell yeah, brother. Yep, that's 100% that's what he's responsible I mean, to he's, no, he's a committed man to his girlfriend. It's all just a bit. There's no no gay sex. No gay sex at all. <laughs> Anyways, Nothing sexual. In, in the gay scramble, it was Ron Pass Jr., Caitlin Marie, Sarah Saber, Sigrid, Daughter of Tear, Akon Kelly, and Josh Locke. There's a lot of a lot of new faces in this match for me. Did you uh, get uh, Soraya Saber? I can't remember. I Soraya Saber. Auto crack did me dirty. It's fucking technology. Not to spoil the match too much, but how do you get the uh, winner of the match's name wrong? You know what's fucked up? I'm looking through all of them. It fucked up her name in three different ways. How? <laughs> Your phone was like, there's no way that you were talking about any Soraya of any sort. That's not possible. That can't be a sentence that you're typing into your phone at all. Fuck you, Ronnie Radke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is the cool story. She's much better. Nick Gage was really excited for Ron Bass Jr. He was all about the Me Ron too. Bass Jr. I mean, Ron Bass Jr. was exciting. He was cool. He like he like he did this one. He dove on him, and I was like, that's literally the vibe you get when like this one brave big dude just tries to crowd surf at a show, and everybody clears out except for that one group that's not paying attention. Dalton would be able to share with us his um, experience of uh, crowd surfing and realizing that he is not the young spry man that he once was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even bother with that shit no more. There's, at some point, there's a talk about Nick Gage going to Broadway. Oh, yeah. MDK and Broadway. What show would you take Nick Gage to on Broadway? Avenue Q. I think he'd like The Lion King, to be honest. That's a good show. It's very colorful. I think he would like that. He would enjoy the colors. <laughs> Smoke a blunt, drink a 40, and go see The Lion King. That sounds like a good time. Did you? Ha- I, I feel like you asked this question having one in mind, Jess. So I actually had no idea which one <laughs> I would take Nick Gage to. I would almost want to go for a more of a classic one of maybe pulling him into Phantom. See what he thinks about Phantom of the Opera. Right. I, okay, mostly, I, I just want to see what his response is to the uh, chandelier at the opening. How much he's going to sell the chandelier at the start of the show. <laughs> so that's what I want to see. I think we should get someone to take Nick Cage to see the Phantom of the Opera for that alone. GCW, you have like a Patreon. That's like perfect Patreon content. We're we're helping out. What's the uh, take Nick Cage to? Broadway tier. What is that? <laughs> what what is that? I will pay that. I have like Broadway tickets aren't cheap. I feel like it's no, gotta be at least, it's gotta at least be like a five hundred dollar tier. 
Yeah, probably. Because, like, I think minimum tickets are for probably, like, 150 or some shit. Yeah, that plus experience, yeah, at least 500. And that's still, that's a steal. Jesus. Yeah, no. God, why is New York so expensive? <laughs> that's the state you've chosen to live in. I, uh, I was born here. I had no choice. You can just leave. No, I need money because they have good money here. As someone that is lacking in the money right now, Venmo, <laughs> Venmo me, e-girl fanboy, boy spelled B-O-I. <laughs> just I'll, keep be, in there. I'll be so annoying with that this episode. I am not <laughs> sorry, though. One thing I liked is that the first time Ron Bass Jr. went for the dive on everybody, uh, Caitlin Marie uh, found a very effective way to stop it um, with a consensual uh, kiss and a stopping for a um, little impromptu lap dance and motorboating, which I'm sure he, Ron Bass, appreciated very much. He seems to be quite happy with that. Yeah. Caitlin Marie made me feel things. <laughs> Respect respectfully, Oscar. Remember, respectfully, yes. you are you are you are the one straight person on this panel. I so. know, I know. <laughs> respectfully on the queer show. <laughs> Unlike me and Jesse, who in a few matches later can choose to be disrespectful if we want. Oh my gosh. You have to be on your best behavior though. I'm trying. I'm tr what an ally, just like Nick Gage. <laughs> One of the Nick Gage quotes from this match. Hey, the butt stuff's working. <laughs> yes, butt stuff is working. And also, he just goes out and I, I forgot what the context is. Oh, yeah, after the butt stuff. Shout out to Vince McMahon for shitting on himself. Yep. I was like, like literally days after that happened, too. Oh, really? Shit. <laughs> yeah, because that was Rumble weekend. So, yeah, that was like literally day, because that happened right before the Rumble. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't you remember when Slim Jim was going to pull their sponsorship? Oh, Slim Jim. Wow. That, that's how you know you're in dark times, WWE. Slim Jim is out. Uh, anyways, at the end of this, uh, Soraya Saber gets the win with a knee. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, this one was uh, ended a little softly, but, you know, shit happens. Well, yeah, definitely really liked um, Soraya's showing in this match. Yeah, definitely yeah. is on my list of follow-ups. I Like I said, she's another one I think should get some uh, more looks at. Because, uh, yeah, other than that, she looked really good throughout like the majority of this match. This leads us to uh, a match with IW guy favorite Billy Dixon taking on Maid Kira, who Oscar doesn't know. This is the wrestler Akira. As a maid. You get it? Do you get it, Oscar? It's Maid Kira. I, you might have to repeat it a couple more times. I don't know if I got it. Okay, so there's this wrestler, Akira. And this would be like Akira if Akira was a maid. <laughs> no cat ears. And, you know, like, I know that I do. And, like, I'm a dog girl. I think I should hate this. But, like, the, the appropriate fruit maid look is the cat ears. There's no cat <laughs> ears. What... Come on, you gotta. If you're gonna commit, commit all the way. Yeah, or, or at least have the choker. That's right, missing the choker too. Wow. I'm sorry. If you wanted like a straight up wrestling critique, this is not the podcast. But if this, if you want a critique on, yo, brutal with this. 
Look, if you're gonna go and Crocs, fem- what the fuck is this? I'm gonna be a femboy maid. Come on, come on. This is this is the important details that, of course, I'm gonna judge. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is a match where stuff happens. This is a match where stuff happens. What? Like I said, make sure not having cat ears and wrestling in Crocs. I love really... how that's like a complete distraction from the rest of the it match. It was. Like, it really was. It threw me off. I can't watch the rest of this match now. Do you remember the... What year was it? I think it was 98 or 97 SummerSlam um, Good Housekeeping match. Because um, I think that the planning for this match was trying to remember how that match went and then using that as the basis but not going back and watching it because we've got Meg Kira pulling a bunch of household items, scrubbing sponge or going at a crust. Taking the main thing a little too seriously. You, you, you just need a feather duster. That's Feather duster and some goddamn cat ears. Oh what my the God. fuck? What the? No, I'm not going to drop this. Oh, my God. Let it go, Marcy. Like, fucking come on, man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> the greatest outrage. Uh, and as, as much as I criticized the Crocs, I guess chopping with the Crocs is an effective maneuver. They did make a good sound. Yes, they did. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this match ends with Billy Dixon spearing made Kira through the door for the win. That was pretty. That was pretty awesome. How? Now this is a critique for me. You have the door set up, and the precursor to the spear is a kiss spot, in which Maid Kira does the leg lift. How do you not hook the leg for some sort of fisherman's variation of a suplex for that? Oh, I've been sick. Go through the door. Yeah, it's right there. The leg is up. The leg is lifted. Come on. You gotta do it. Oh, have ooh. That's just ooh. me. If you're really extra, you keep the kiss going. Like the up says, you basically make it a Spider-Man kiss as you're up for the Spider-Man. I, I don't know how the physics of that would work, but if they did that, <laughs> sometimes you just, from just above don't think down. about. Just don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, just do a stalling vertical suplex, but with a ongoing kiss spot. Yeah. Um, who do we know that can do that? It'd be more like a falcon arrow, I guess. Mm, yeah. That's the maneuver to actually get a falcon arrow that, like, where you do the deal. That's how you do the deal. They're not actually doing the deal because they're not kissing. If they're kissing, I bet you everyone would win with a falcon arrow. Yeah, they're not sealing it with a kiss. No better way to seal the deal than with a kiss. A little disappointed that Billy Dixon came. I do appreciate the lace... Um, interweaving with the overalls and the veil but how are you gonna wear all white and i get a little bit more color than that come on yeah that's the perfect like bleed on the tire which we, we get a few matches later we do get a match with enough bleeding for the entire show and i was all about it yes we do well let's not get ahead of ourselves uh we get the next match is the bat battle of the bears between paro and karam Oh, is that what it was dubbed? I actually just have to know that it's just Battle of the Beefcakes. That's what I called it. They were just some big old bears. That I was just like, this is just a giant kaiju battle. 
Like, these guys are huge. Like, it was kind of scary watching them fight. Just, I'm like, it literally is like watching two actual bears fighting. Uh, at this point, we have Alec Price on commentary. We got a few gems from him. I can't remember what he's trying to pronounce, but he's like, I can't even say my eyes because of his uh, Boston accent. I can't even say my R's. Uh, oh, ours man. was trying to that accent. That accent <laughs> That's was why awesome. I said, "Oh my god!" <laughs> he caught me even with that. And they started talking about poppers. So Alec Price knows what poppers are. <laughs> Alec, poppers. if you want next, if you're listening, next time you come to AIW, let's see, do you want to try some poppers? Poppers. I can. I can. Hook, I'll hook you up. Oh my god! Four twenty shows gonna have poppers too. <laughs> we can't be a lot real live on 420 but yeah no there's just a lot a whole lot of power shit uh karam fucking did a fall away slam through a door to paro they look so seamless my god that shit was it, it was just gnarly just watching them go at it because it literally just looks like every hit every throw just looks like it fucking hurt because they're just so massive and there's nothing that's breaking their fall at all no, because then Pyro gets a fall away slam back. I don't think there's anything in the corner. He just did it into the corner. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Went straight into the turnbuckle. Uh, also, through this match, you can tell that Nick Gage does not like a Pyro's guy that was not there. Oh, Charles Mason. That's him. That's the one. That's the guy. The weird serial killer boy. He's a real one for that. He's a, he is a real one for that. But Pyro's kind of cool still, despite his association with said serial killer dork. Him going through the twin gauntlet in the first big gay brunch was a sight to be seen, a sight to behold. It was lovely. Oh, it just did so many murders. And then the tag one, they did the next, the next one, the next big gay brunch. Uh, but yeah, at the end, Paro just he does a murder with the uh, emerald. The I don't, I can't remember what he calls it. Was the emerald explosion or the Rikishi driver? I think it got called the Rikishi driver in commentary. <laughs> As it should. Rikishi was about the ass, so especially on this show, that feels like a good a good, you know, namesake. Yes. And ask for the ages. And ask for the ages. <laughs> I don't know if Rikishi's now like, but his ass certainly is. Just his ass. Uh, then we move on to Dark Sheet takes takes on Che Monet. Uh, this is the first I'm seeing of Che Monet, but I do love me some Dark Sheik. Dark Sheik was really cool. I love the whole Psylocke look. Yes, absolutely. That's her thing. She always pulls off like these comic looks. Like she's a big comic nerd and always like loves to show in her wrestling. Like even just using that fucking X Men T for Genesis song. Oh man, and just the kick she was throwing, insane. Like that, I'm like she's just straight up trying to crowd kill on Shea Monet right now, like hardcore. Like she just is doing some crazy shit with her feet in this. I also like they did air like a promo package before. I dug her promo. She's just a cocky little shit. I love it. Dark Dark Sheik fucking rocks. That's my that's my takeaway from this match. Dark Sheik rocks. Dark Sheik rocks. That um Alabama slam that Sheik took onto the apron. Oh, oh yeah, onto the corner of the stink. ring. Oh yeah, that was yeah. gnarly. That was a gnarly bomb. I'm like that fucking hurt, and she's still fucking. Just doing some crazy shit too, and doing cartwheels and shit all over the place, and like some other Nick Gage, well, doing a top rope leg drop too. Oh yeah, that was cool. Oh yeah, this is a good back and forth. This was the first, like I said, the first I've seen of Shea Monet. Uh, 
like what I saw. Uh, Dark Sheik did a good job just like keeping the pace going on this match. Uh, a lot of fun spots. Like I said the Alabama slam on the outside was gnarly. Uh, Sheik there a lot of good kicks, a lot of good. Like I love that. I love that top rope leg drop. Um, and then just gets the win by eventually just choking out Che with her sash. <laughs> that was that was cool too. <laughs> Not before she pulls out the Johnny Cage split dick punch. Yeah. Yes! Yes, I forgot about that. That was sick. I dude, I do. I love whenever she throws out those like references to stuff like that. Like I said, it just shows in her wrestling, and like she's just all around great. Yeah, no, very well rounded. I like every move that she did was cool. She did a lot of interesting, like creative shit too. And uh, yeah, I was I was watching this match. I immediately was just like, all right, I just gotta fucking find her on Instagram now. <laughs> Start following her. She got she like I said all the like looks. They're always like comic inspired. They're always fucking rad, and I don't know the Psylocke one might be a favorite of mine. Yeah, that was cool. But yeah, as I said, she gets the win. Yeah, earlier in the match, she had a uh, head scissors that pulled uh, Shea Monet into the apron or into the turnbuckle, um, and then yep. used that to go into a reverse stratosphere, which I adored. Yeah, that was cool. That was one of the moves that was like really innovative. It looked just, I don't know. That was really cool. I loved it. She's been, yeah, she's been out this for a while. So I'm glad there's like, at least in GCW, she gets like the spotlight. I know she's big on the West Coast, especially with everything, everything she does with Hood Slam. Love to see her more in this area. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Uh, and then we, this, 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 if you're, if you're a Deathmatch fan, this was the, uh, the match of the show. So um, this match was ghoulish. But this match was also so very gay. Oh my god. Making me feel so many things. Uh, as Sawyer Wreck took on Lindsay Snow. Oh man, this was awesome. And this was also like a straight up like kaiju fight. Like these ladies were fucking killing each other. Oh, cause yeah, like they immediately go like taking it to the outside. Uh, which also led to drinks. Respect to both of them, tipping the bartender. Yes. Yes. You hear that, wrestling fans? Tip your fucking bartender. Not to get my soapbox, but tip your bartender. As they, yeah, they then they were just fighting with the eventually the champagne as Lindsay was like pouring it on Sawyer as they just like fought. Brazilian bottle too. That bottle did not break. It did not. That's insane. I was expecting it to shatter on the ground and just never did. Especially I was wondering the, if they were actually... I'm sorry. Especially that like, second time when Lindsay like, just chucked it down. Yeah, because I thought they were going to try and break it and then try and use it as part of the match, just the broken glass. But like, um, um, it, I guess it just never happened. But also, sorry, apparently her kryptonite is just like drinks and free smooches. I mean, that's fine too. Same. <laughs> this is... This is the podcast of drinks and free smooches. <laughs> drinks and free smooches. That should be the title of this. Why do you think we go to Sapphic Night? What do you think we're there for? Oh my god. <laughs> the drinks and the smooches. <laughs> the drinks and the free smooches. Oh, dude, it's so free. They're so fucking free. Oh, it's going to be extra free for me to, uh, in a few weeks. I love it. Anyways, not to get off this match. Um, and yeah, they immediately get into some real ghoulish shit because I think Lindsay's the first one to strike Blood and Sawyer by with the, using the uh, sewing needles into yeah. her head. Yep. And it was just like a gnarly spot of them just like sticking out. 
Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Immediately gets taken up another step as we bring out the gusset plates. Oh, I man. think it was I think it was first Lindsay hits them into uh, Sawyer. Uh-huh. And so, Sawyer turns the tables and puts them into her and then fucking headbutts her. Yes, repeatedly headbutt. She was sick. Also, before this, there might have been some kissing and it made me feel things. <laughs> there was. Well, also, even before they went to the before they went to the outside, um, Lindsay Snow and um, um, a, I've got it written in my notes. They I did not mention. Yeah, they she had um, like a valet that whose they name they did not know. Alia Fox. They did. I feel like they kind of did her a little bit of a disservice by not knowing her name. Sadly, she's not the only one that they didn't know the name of. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, it's nope. a, it's a little upsetting. I'm not trying to focus too hard on it. Earlier in the match, Lindsay Snow and uh, Fox came out with some champagne already. All ready to go. And one of the opening spots of the match, Sawyer Wreck um, got a little bit uh, spit into her mouth and then um, a little bit of a licked clean um, in the corner, which um, Marcy, you know that between the two of us, we wish we were there. We, yeah. Yeah. Respectfully, of course. Respectfully. Respectfully, of course. <laughs> Always. In a very gay way, but also respectfully. When the sewing needles got pulled out, um, Alec Price had the boss in line of the night. Those are freaking chap. <laughs> shot needles. Yes, yes, I remember that. You know, like I said, you can you can fault some of the commentary stuff, but I did appreciate like both Gage and Price with some of their lines. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, fully selling the gusset blades. Do you think Alec Price is into needle play? That's a thing. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Don't ask me that question, or else I'm gonna have to get disrespectful. <laughs> fair, fair, no. Let's... We'll save that for the after after hours uh, podcast. I think you should just get disrespectful. Oscar, what are you doing? Just be toxic. It's fine. That's right. We are supposed to be toxic. <laughs> this one's for the. I think that one for me. That's an that's going in the pup pack kennel. <laughs> <laughs> Lock it up in the kennel. Lock it up. It's rabid. But yeah, those gusset played spots for a while, and they were both just bleeding. And this was once again making me feel things respectfully. The end comes with a a little bit of a uh, wardrobe malfunction. Oh yeah, my note is, oh my god, Yidi's out. This is amazing. As story goes for a choke choke bomb, like uh, the girls uh, pop out. So uh, she still just um, Lindsay just still just crashes down through the table. So it's not like something that's really like takes away from the match. And obviously no. that's number one priority. Yeah, you got to cover that up. Let's just... Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to the ref, too. that was trying to help and just kind of get her together afterwards. Yes. I mean, not for nothing, not for Absolutely. nothing, nothing really, nothing really shows her anything. And I'm pretty sure they were she sort of kind of whispered in her. Please just stay down. I have my, my shit just came off or something. <laughs> And and but either way, it's, it was you cool know what? It, it still works as a cool, memorable finish, like especially on Big Gay Brunch. It, in a yeah. way, it actually works. It's like I don't want to be like a oh, happy accident, but in the end, it just it does work out as like this cool, like visual thing. And like, yeah, like I said nothing actually got exposed. Everything she got everything taken care of after the match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I actually even kind of embraced it after the match, and then the crowd was actually good. Like, because even after, I remember taking, like, a picture, like, topless covered up, like, in the spirit of Big Gay Brunch. But yeah, no, like I said, it works out for, like, this cool finish. And that leads us to our main event, which I was so excited for, as Bussy takes on MXM. God, I'm so happy MXM's on the Indies now, and they just get to do shit like this. What we always wanted. What I always wanted. Oh, God, yeah, they're so, they're so fucking money. Uh, it comes out with them doing their intros. <laughs> this is the line. We got fired from the Fed for serving too much cunts. <laughs> <laughs> the brothers of backshots. The yes. mahogany hunk. And the Sultan of Suave. Yeah, oh yeah. And they start, because they're going to do their five minute pose. And they went for, what, almost like three minutes? Yes, that was a while. I actually thought it might have been five minutes. My count was 2.15. Which is still pretty impressive to hold that for that long. One day they will make it to five. They are interrupted by Bussy. And Oscar, this is, I think this is probably your first time seeing Bussy in action. Yeah, because I didn't even know this was an actual team. And I mean, it's cool to see Alley Cat again, because every time that you've shown me wrestling anything, she's always in a match. And then, of course, Effie too, because you've shown me a couple of uh, big gay brunches before. But I guess uh, this is be first post. Like, yeah, no, she's Alley Catch now. She's she's a she's a wrestler. She's she's a big serious uh, wrestler. Except okay. except with pussy. <laughs> she's still a big serious wrestler, but you know, just more more ass based. I mean, she was fucking kicking ass this whole match. She really was just kind of the heart of the match. Yeah, and it gets a Effie touches on it a little bit in the post match, but yeah. Really strong showing here from Alley Catch. Yeah, for sure. Uh yeah, we get a cool like a lot of cool things eventually. Like because early into the match, MXM is getting frustrated, so they're about to like leave. Uh, and they get challenged to a walk off. Oh yeah, the the mo- the model walk off. Who can serve the most cunts? Oh my god! It was it was a close one. It was a very close one, but the crowd was all the way for Bussy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They booed the shit out of MXM. I'm with MXM. Um, I don't think that the Fargo strut is legal in a walk-off. <laughs> That's a little bit of cheating. But I guess if it's your house, you can make the rules. That is very true. It is one benefit from, you know, running this shit. Is, yeah, you can, you can, make, you can get a little leeway. Maybe the Fargo struts... It's a strut, but is not, isn't a strut just really a fancy walk? <laughs> a fancy walk. It's I I say it counts. Um, I also like the spots where uh, MXM where Ali was down and they're like going to the top, like they're gonna do something and they just come off and they just pose. <laughs> yep, teasing the double axe handle, teasing double axe handles only to hit the pose, hit the stomps, hit the pose, hit the stomps until you get to the eventual payoff where Minstar goes up for a second time and Ali just gets the boot up. Does the uh, stalling fall back? Because I believe at some point she gets like a hot tag to the FA. Uh, we get some more fun stuff, uh, which, which leads to our the ultimate moment where Effie gives Better Wooly, a.k.a. Mason Madden, a big old kiss on the lips, takes him off his feet, literally, so he can get rolled up for the one, two, three. <laughs> and I, I think... 
You're forgetting a huge part of this match. Oh, it's MS. You're forgetting the biggest part of this match. Where after the Effie hot tag, eventually MXM get um, the heat back on and they are double teaming alley catch, um, hitting back to back hip attacks only for Effie. Yes. To oh, graciously yes. Put yes. himself oh, on the line. You. Thank you. Oh, yes. And take the stink face. Which, by the way, and, um, those were some brutal ass shots by Mason. Yeah, those were solid. <laughs> those look like those actually fucking hurt. Those are some solid hip thrusting action on his yeah, part. For real. Those cheeks are pure muscle. There's no fat on those cheeks. Jesus, that is scary. Weaponized asses. But yeah, the, the fake out with Effie switching and oh yeah, that was so great. Leading into like which eventually does lead into the, the big old kiss. Knocking, basically, like I said, taking Mason off his feet. I loved after they do the roll up. Mansoor is literally just carrying him for like a good two or three minutes. <laughs> uh, and then we get the big like outro speech from Effie uh, giving uh, Allie her flowers and also shout out to MXM for like. Because they did do a few shows before like they popped up in DPW. I can't remember if they had the actual match in DPW by the point or if this was after. I think at this point they just came out. Because I think that if I remember my timeline correctly, their Wait, contracts no, no, no. were I think up just before. DPW was like the DPW show they did was it was obviously after the one we did, but like I think two weeks before this. Because uh, unrelated, mm-hmm. they have a fun little um, YouTube show. I think it was like the Brona- was they called the Bronami Code. I think so. Um, um, yeah, where they're basically the shows they're doing. They're basically doing something that's almost like up, up, down, down style. Uh, specifically, superstar save point uh, things on the indies they're doing, which is cool. Just like give uh, some indie guys some some shine and playing some video games. That stuff is always always fun. They were good. Wa- the first episodes were good watches. I assume the one from that they did at this one because they said they filmed like a long one. It's probably gonna go up soon, so I'm excited to see that who they uh, who they played some video games with. But yeah, like I said, this like I don't know. I'm really happy MXM's on the Indies. This is an awesome match. Uh, they are taking bookings everywhere, and I don't know if there is anyone from AIW listening to this because yeah, once again, we're just we're just the little offshoot podcast. But please, please bring MXM in each just for one match. That's, that's all I'm begging. I've never asked in the two and a half years I've been going for anything. <laughs> so like. I don't know. I just want to see MXM once in AIW. That would fucking rock so hard. Throw them, throw them in there. I want either like against like a nice flippy team like uh, Banging Matthews, or them in members only. I think would be a fucking fire match. But yeah, members please. only or PME. I think PME would be another good one. I feel like PME might happen at Glory Pro though. Mm. That's fair. But yeah, oh, I I love them in AIW like. MXM rocks. This match was fucking awesome. This was a great way to end the show. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, end of the match, end of the promo. MXM, pussy get together for a group finger poke, and then a group hug, and then a group post. They all worked it. Like I said, this is a really good good finish to the show. Um, I'm a big fan of shows needing a good start and a good end. I feel like the show had both of them. 
Uh, even if there's some in-between stuff that didn't necessarily hit as hard, and there's, you know, we had our issues, little issues of commentary here and there. Mm. Um, all around, I think this was a really fun show. I'm giving it... What do I want to give it? You know what? It's classic, classic, classic show. I give it eight fanboys out of ten, you know. Not made Kira's, because didn't wear the goddamn cat ears. My god, the vendetta you have. Even I've worn the cat ears. <laughs> if you want to see him, um, give money to Marcy. <laughs> oh, you're such a doll. <laughs> give money to Marcy. That's Actually, that should be the title of the show. Give money to Marcy. I'll have two titles. <laughs> Oh, what's your alternating for the show? Uh, I guess for me, uh, since I'm gonna like rate it like I do, like my, the other stuff that I do, um, I would absolutely have loved to see this live. I would take my money. I would absolutely have paid to see this, 100. percent It's awesome. Definitely watch it if you have the chance. There's enough strong stuff on this show to warrant a watch. Um, yeah. Like I said, plus there's this whole bunch of cool new talent I haven't seen that I've taken back with. Um. So yeah, I hope so. I hope more of these people just show up on other shows. It'd be cool if other places gave queer talent a chance to shine without just being on the queer shows. Not to say that that's what's going on here. Effie obviously cares about other queer talent, but I would love to see other people follow suit and, you know, book more queer talent. Yeah, Effie's making the space here so that everyone else makes sure that they pick up the ball and keep going. You know, we're wrestling, queer wrestlers, queer wrestling fans are going to have their home at the Big Gay Brunch, but it's making sure that their names are out there so that people can eat in other places. That's what the goal of Big Gay Brunch is, and that's what we wanted, what we all wanted to be. Um, and up until today, the way that I ended up watching the show was broken up in segments. And I was a little low on it until I finished up the last couple of matches today. And so I was I was almost going to say something. I was almost not going to be the best uh, on this show. I almost called this the Love Simon of the Big Gay Brunches. But um, the last matches with Dark Sheik, Shane Monet, Lindsay Snow, Sawyer Wreck, and then the main event, MSM and Bussy. MXM and Bussy, excuse me, brought it all the way up to my certified C+. Hell yeah. And just a reminder, C+, is the top rating. Yeah, this is definitely, like I said, if you can't watch the whole show, definitely go out your way to watch like the last three matches. They are definitely worth it. On that note, let's, uh, let's plug our shit and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Who's going first? You go, Oscar. Well, you can find me on Instagram on Gooned Up Nerds. That's where I do all of uh, the podcasts that I do and uh, all of the uh, hardcore memes and stuff that I do. Also, I just want to plug in uh, my boys band NYC Shootout. They just opened up for uh, violence and suffering, uh, violence and suffering wrestling in New York for their last event arrival. So please check them out. I heard they got done a little dirty. Oh, did they? Uh, the mic was only set to the mon- like the, the TV monitors, and I, I, I heard the, I heard the, the, the live recording they did, um, or whatever they had here on Triller, and it was, it was all right. It wasn't bad. I think it was just not mic'd up as well because it was a new song they put out, but it was still pretty good. And I always like seeing NYC shootout anyway. So please check them out. Their first EP is on Spotify. 
And I am at JB. Um, not doing anything yet. Um, I guess be on the lookout for once I convince him to do the New Girl podcast. Um, that's my pet project. So we'll see if we get there. We should bully her tomorrow into it. We'll bully, yeah, we'll bully her tomorrow. Absolutely. We got to have something to do tomorrow. <laughs> Why not bully? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and SoundCloud at eGirlFanboy, boy spelled B-O-I. As I mentioned many times in this podcast, I got fucked over and fired by my job. I can use any financial assistance available. Hit me up on that cash app, MarsFemeline, M-A-R-C-E-F-E-M-I-L-I-N-E. Or on that Venmo, at eGirlFemboy, boy spelled B-O-I. Uh, I got a couple of DJ gigs I'm doing. I got Sapphic Night coming up. I really don't need to promote that. That's like enough people are going to come to that without this. And I also don't think I necessarily bring the audience on this podcast for that show. But I'm really excited about it. I want to gush about it. I don't got too much else really going on in my life. So I got to really like dig into that. Uh, and then we might... Uh, I, don't, we don't, I don't have the other thing in April announced. So there might be something with that though. For you wrestling people. That's all I'll say. Be on the lookout. On that note, shout out to Girls Bleeding. That that shit rocks. So you're, you can step on me respectfully. Respectfully. Support independent wrestling, everyone. Later. Focuses. This one is like half, half a storytelling yeah. song. Yeah. You probably okay, noticed okay. that I, I always tell stories, so okay. I want to try to yeah, yeah, okay. make you fucking pull up on a story. All right, all right, let's go, let's okay, go. Okay, I'm just gonna say, I know this, I don't fuck with your nonsense. Such a bad bitch, you can fly through the lenses. My best friend, I know you trust. Don't even care when I said I was in the hell. Shout out Chaseline.